0: All right, welcome to conversations with Tita and Tiffany, a black girl and a white girl talking about black girl and white girl and interracial and diversity inclusion and all the things (laughs) coming through the lens of just a simple old white girl from Australia who now lives in America and Tita who's from Seattle who now lives in Florida and we've got some amazing special guests today, Joel and LaVon Dorsey. They've both been on our show individually before and now they've come on together because we've already sparked a really great conversation around inter I'm going to say it right interracial relationships relationships and so I I don't we haven't shared this um a lot but I'm I I feel like the terminology is so weird but I'm also (laughs) in an interracial relationship (laughs) Um, I'm in love with a black man basically. And we live together and we cohabitate together. And, um, I think from my experience, I wanted to really learn from your experience, um, from both of you on the differences, the challenges, the good stuff, all the things that it takes to navigate, um, being a black person and a white person. So it's Joel Camp and LaVon Dorsey. Let me correct that. Thank you. Um, uh, and navigating that. So first question, Tita, do you have a question or do you want me to just dive in? No,
1: You're in. I was going to say something funny. Go say something funny. Because <laughs> when you say interracial relationship, I was going to say, I'm in an interracial relationship with myself. Yourself. <laughs> You're in an interracial relationship <laughs> yeah. with me.
2: Well, yeah, the either,
1: but the struggle because being, she knows exactly where I'm coming from. Growing up at Edmonds, having some, I mean, I do have some, you know, when people say you hear, oh, you act white, they're basically, they're pointing out that some of the behaviors, tendencies are from a white, you know, actions or behaviors. Right. And so I had some of that because that's where I was around. And then when I get around to to. Black people, that's what it is. It's like, oh, you act white, whatever that means. But we understand what it means. They're talking about some of the behaviors. And then when I'm around um, white people, then, you know, I'm black, right? So, because I have some of the black behaviors, So that's why I said I'm in an interracial relationship with myself. <laughs> because I still have those tendencies. Because that, that's been my life. Yep. You're
0: bipolar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What is it? Not anyway. But let, let's let's move on. Before before this is how we've started. Before actually, before we get into the nitty gritty of it all, let's get a bit of background around you, LaVon, and you, Joel, um, to give them con- put some context. Because you're not just coming, um, not just coming, but you're you're coming from your own personal experience, but also you have experience in teaching. Um, teaching about diversity, inc- inclusion, and equity, and um, race, race relations, and things like that. So, Levon, do you want to start with your with your backgrounds to give the readers, readers, viewers? <laughs>
3: viewers. <laughs>
0: it's only Tuesday. Some
3: content. We're doing it in Braille, so I should be. I know.
0: To- <laughs> um,
3: okay. So, as Tita alluded to, is I, I grew up here in the Northwest in Portland, Oregon, um, is a last of six African American children and parents who moved from New Orleans in the late 40s. Uh, so growing up in the Northwest, um, obviously I was on many, many audiences, I was the only black person. And that's the way that that's the way that it was. But my parents worked really hard to make sure that we all had a great education. I went to undergrad at University of Washington in psychology and then went off to be HR in a variety of um, organizations across the Pacific Northwest, and then got my master's in clinical psychology. So I have a clinical practice uh, where I'm a licensed therapist, where I mostly see couples, pre-marriage, married, and blending new families. And and most of my clients in my practice are multi-racial couples who come from a variety of different backgrounds because they want to have a therapist who, who understands where they come from and can see them, see their differences and help them become successful through their differences and their similarities, right? Not just seeing them as other. So that's been very valuable for me as helping those couples to be successful in their relationships and helping each person in the in that relationship see how the outside world affects their relationship, right? And then in my, my practice of being an executive coach and leadership development consults, consultant, I bring in the DEI into my leadership helping leaders, because if leaders cannot understand all aspects of the cli- colleagues or clients, and as well as the direct reports that they work with and the teams that they work with, then they're not gonna be great leaders. They've gotta be able to be compassionate, understanding and see the lens through each of their, their those people's eyes. And so, and then um, as you said, Tiffany, as I we do actually completely DEI work in organizations, working from with leaders all the way through the organization to help them become more inclusive organizations and that is me that's
2: a tough act to follow Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good wasn't it (laughs) my
2: name is joel i'm also an executive coach and leadership development consultant i'm uh, a brand strategy and marketing communications consultant i'm a writer i do healthy aging work and i do a lot of diversity equity inclusion work with my wife here we we work together and then on and working with diverse groups and organizations. I do a lot of assessment work, which started way back in the brand uh, days where I do, uh, you know, consumer insight research, uh, you know, following people through the store. Why did you pick uh, Cheerios instead of cornflakes? You know, that kind of stuff. And and uh, I started doing the work with Levan, the DEI work, and about a year ago, she came to me and said... You know, I work with a lot of white leaders and some of them just won't listen to a brown girl. So you need to learn how to do this uh, white work is what I call it, basically working with white leaders to to build um, uh, multi-racial organizations, anti-oppressive. I say oppressive because although, you know, race is ethnicity is a huge part of it. There's so many other forms of oppression from, you know, gender, religion, national origin, ableism and so forth. So uh, I do that work. And uh, yeah, I grew up in North Hollywood, California, kind of on the periphery of the film business. I have a degree in film. I used to do a little bit of that work. And uh, I grew up in a Jewish community and, quite frankly, didn't have a lot of awareness, uh, like most white people, um, didn't have a lot of awareness about what was going on racially. I was more... you know, pointed towards what's going on with Jews. I grew up on the laps of Holocaust survivors and that's what we talked about. And honestly, not until I really got into college till I started thinking about things on, on a racial level here. So, and then marrying Levan, um, you know, I never dated a, a black woman before or uh, had any real experience. And, and I guess that's what we're here to talk about
0: yeah so okay this is a really important question how did you meet
2: you want to tell me? Yeah. <laughs> well, start I'll to you uh, we we met online yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh i had been lavon wasn't lavon was kind of online for a friend a friend helping out agreeing to do it for a friend w- with a friend i uh, i was kind of i i was. Levon was over a three-year period. She was my 60th date. Um, I just figured if we are enough shit against the law, something <laughs> goes. <laughs> so, so I just looked at it mathematically. And anyway, so Levan, bon, why don't you take it from here?
3: So as I said, as he said, is that I was sort of online with a friend who said, "Why don't we do this together? I want to look. You're looking. Why don't we do this?" And uh-huh. so I was like, yeah, okay, right." So I um, posted a couple of pictures and I would go in and occasionally com- try to complete my profile. And it just wasn't, my heart wasn't in it in other words. And one day I got an email from Joel, a message from Joel that said, hey, um, I like what you've written so far on your profile. I can see that you and I have some similarities in common. And uh, why don't you read my profile and um, see if we have something in the intro. <laughs> so- to read it. <laughs> The, the first line in his profile said, "I just rode my bike from Seattle to L.A." I'm like uh, we have nothing in common. <laughs> I, I, I am never going to do that. I don't know what this guy thinks I have in common with him. And you know, he, he wrote very nicely about him being, you know, a single father and moving to the Northwest, and you know, just it was beautifully written. And so I thought, well, what did he see in my profile that? made him think that we had something in common so I went back and I looked at my profile which obviously wasn't complete and I had wrote wrote nothing about bicycling however I had done a lot of writing over that summer so all of my pictures three Mm -hmm. of five of my pictures were with friends riding so I wrote him back and I said I don't want to deceive you that I'm a fair weather writer (laughs) and that I don't want you to think that This is something that I I would do, and he said, "Well, I think that I would love to meet you anyway, and um, if you're interested." So we wrote back and forth about. Oh, that's right. (laughs) And I said, "And I really have loved what you've written, and can I use what you've written to complete my profile?" Because it was so. Oh my
0: god, I love it.
3: That is so good. (laughs) And and then he wrote back, and he said, "Well, you know, flattery is the most. No, what is it?
2: Plagiarism. Plagiarism
3: is the best form of." (laughs) so I thought he's funny and he's smart you know which is yeah totally smart quick-witted super too super funny so um as it came we set a date and then I found out that my brother-in-law um only had six months to live terminal cancer and I so we cleared our calendars for my sister to support her and my brother-in-law and I told him I had to put everything on hold and you know, I'll, I'll check you, check up with you in time. And he said, okay, fine. You know, thanks. Right. And so really sad. My brother in law ended up dying within six weeks, which was just horrible. And so I circled back around to him several weeks later. And I said, Hey, you know, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I still very much would be interested in meeting him. So Joel's theory around the dating even, you know, if you throw enough shit against the wall, it'll stick. It was that you don't create stories about anybody. So you don't talk on the phone a lot. You don't go through email. You meet in person. And if it works, it works. And you make sure that um, you don't make any promises. Right. So he said he, he wrote me back the day of and said, this is a drink. Weird meeting. They <laughs> said
2: you can run for the hills, and so can I. And was, you know, I, I said I won't take it personally because you don't even know me, and vice yeah. versa. And uh,
3: which was really lovely. But then I understood. I was like, who
2: are you <laughs> to say what I'm like? <laughs> well, I just found out after you know fifty nine dates that uh, we all create fantasies in our head. Especially if we go back and forth. Oh, you love the same music. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden you get there and there's no chemistry. And, you know, so I, I found out that it's just better to just meet somebody without, without having a checklist of everything you're looking for. Just, Hey, uh, you know, let's meet and see if we like hanging out and just take it from there period. So and I
1: knew about the first date member. Yes. So, oh, always, really? so I always
3: feel special. Yes. Well, the other thing is that I made it always clear to people around me to know that I was going out to meet somebody. Yes, right. Exactly. And so he, Tito was the one. And um, so the he wanted to meet at the pig at the market, at the Pike Place Market. And I said okay, and he said
2: I'll be the one who's shorter. No, 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 like, no, no! I said you know the pig, the, the bronze pig, right in the market. <laughs> and I'll be standing next to the pig, I'll be the taller one wearing pants.
3: <laughs> so we met at the pig. And it was like six o'clock. I got home that evening at eleven thirty, and I went to bed. I totally forgot to connect with Tita, so she's like calling and texting. <laughs> thinking I'm tied up dead somewhere (laughs) oh I let her know that um it was a great it was a great day we probably are going to see each other again we have not had one day that we have not talked since Since that 10 years ago 10 years ago eight years eight days later he said I'm going to put myself on a out on a limb here I know you're super (laughs) super busy and I'd love to Spend time with you and get to know you better. I spend a couple weeks a year in Hawaii. I've already booked my oh, trip. Would you, would you be willing to go? And so I. This was for Christmas. Yes. So I sent the vote out to all my friends and they said, You can always come back, right? And I said, I can. So we went. Two we weeks and here we are. After eight days? Yes.
2: No. So, well, we that was a, that was in early later. November, and then I invited her eight oh, days later, and we right. went, went about four or five weeks later.
0: Wow, that's such a great story. So, Joel, you'd never dated a black woman before. No. Nope. I'm going to say, Lavonne, you had dated black men, uh, white white men. <laughs> men.
2: She's dated every kind of man. <laughs> <I'm> just. <kidding. laughs>
3: I, I have um, and my first my first husband was white as well okay. yeah gotcha. but
1: their
0: daughter's dad is black
3: but my yeah my daughter's dad is black okay okay gotcha
0: and so what would you say like a long how long have you been married for
2: 10 we've been living together almost 10 oh, years now yeah. he moved oh, in
3: yeah. after we got back from Hawaii
0: mm-hmm. oh my god I love it I love it so in those early days of your relationship, like I think this maybe this is more of a question for you. Well, no, it's a question for both of you. Um, like, did you ever consider or think about um, like the the differences in your your backgrounds, your culture, the different challenges, particularly pertaining to to black people in this country, or was it just like you love each other, skin color doesn't matter? Like, what's been the kind of overall journey, especially because, Joe, you were on the show, um, you know, a few months ago and you said, you know, George Floyd was a tipping point for you, like it was for us and so on and so forth. At the very beginning, was it ever a consideration? It was just like we love each other and it's like no
3: different. Well, for me, so- I, I think one is uh, where you are in your life, Right your age, your confidence, your who you are in the world, you're quite confident and settled into who you are. I I know what I like, I know what I want. And if that person comes in a different package than myself, does it really matter? And is that person mature enough and capable of having the conversations that we can have to get through them, right? I don't think that for me, um, race was uh, it's been it's never been a conversation that we've never been able to talk about in any circumstances from George Floyd to, um, you know, what we see on the street, people treating us differently in a grocery store or restaurant when we travel. We've always been able to say, hey, did you see that? Wow, that was interesting. Let's talk about that. Right. You know, or how did you feel about that? Or did you even notice? Right. Because sometimes because of and Tita probably can attest to this as well, because of the fact that the first thing people see is the color of your skin you're on high alert all the time wow. we are paying attention all the time right is from the time i walk and get out of my car in the parking lot in a grocery store to the time i get back in my car i am paying attention all the time right and you can talk about that the cast about the cortisone of what happens with that but and so for me i knew that when joe and i had this great rapport and great conversation and able to talk about family and parents and parenting, all the things that were super important to us. And Joel talks about the vulnerability, the ability to, to connect with someone at a deeper level than most anybody else in your life and being able to feel comfortable and safe in that conversation. Does it really matter? Right. And then you are united against the outside world. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, when, when we, uh, when we first met, You know, well, before we got on the air uh, a few minutes ago with you, uh, Tiffany, you were talking about how you were watching some interracial couples who didn't even acknowledge their race and so forth. And I was thinking when you said that, that so many couples don't even acknowledge their partnership, race or not race. I mean, there's so many, you know, so, I mean, so I was more interested in finding a partner that was right for the both of us first, you know, and, and. You know the, ra- the racial part of it. I mean, a lot of things. I re- right off the bat, uh, I, you know, the, fir- the first time somebody said something derogatory to both of us as a couple, you know, and I, my, my, you know, neck hairs went up, and I was kind of turning around because I was angry. Levon said, "They just don't know any better. There's no value in doing anything. Let's just keep going." And we did, and we've been that way ever since. So I learned from it. But as an individual. It was really interesting for me. All of a sudden, I was realizing that almost everywhere, whether we were on a ferry here in Seattle and on the on the Sound, or whether we were in a room or whatever, nine out of ten times, Levana was the only person in the room. And so it made me think about my my childhood. I had low self esteem. I, I don't know why. Uh, I could think uh, that's another show completely. But uh, um, I had a low self esteem, and I'm and I you know, knowing the statistics. About how many young black men are in prison? I thought to myself, if I was the only you know white guy in the room, my whole childhood I would have been in prison or dead, because it, it, I just don't know that I would be able to handle it but the way Levon has, has has not just handled it, but turned an opportunity turned it into an opportunity. So it never really had. I know I had stuff to learn. I mean, the first thing she said to me, and she looked at me with a really kind of a stern face. I thought she was going to really give me a stern warning. And she said, Rule number one, make sure my hair never gets wet. You know, that was the first <laughs> thing she said. To me. Serious, um,
3: serious yeah. business. The hair, yeah. Yes.
1: We've
0: yeah, got but- we've had a whole show around women in black hair.
2: Yeah. Well, I ain't got to worry about that no more.
3: Yeah.
0: <coughs>
2: <laughs> but it's uh you know it's a it's still a learning experience i mean i look at it you know after all the knowledge i picked up and and you know the diversity uh, work and, and training i've been uh, facilitating and so forth i'm always learning and it's all and there's always something more to learn and uh you know it's but it's never it was never up front and center there was never in a category of that it had any the only thing i cared about is that that we were honest with each other. She mentioned the vulnerability when we were at we were sitting the very first date. I decided, you know, uh, after fifty nine dates, I was just going to be vulnerable and say some things about me that I didn't really care about. You know, didn't really care about about myself. I mean, care for uh, things I didn't like about myself, and uh, and see what Lavon said. And she returned the favor and and was vulnerable back. So those are the kind of things that were more important. Uh, but, you know, so I don't think the race thing was ever number one, but it's definitely a part of it. And it's definitely a learning curve. I think it's a learning curve just to be in a relationship, but this definitely adds another layer. And then, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm a Jew, and that, and it, it's a, it's a, there's a little bit of a learning curve there. But, uh, yeah. And as you
3: know, growing up as a, he growing up as a Jew, with a mother who is, you know, very doting and, <laughs> and um, you know, for him, for his mother to see the love that he had for me and it's such a short period of time. And she opened her heart and she opened her home and she opened it up to my daughter and myself and my mother. And we all just had such a lovely time, you know, and continued to have a lovely time. One of my best experiences with Joel's mother, memories with Joel's mother, is her being here for over a Christmas holiday. And she never, obviously, never decorated a tree. So the whole ceremony of we going and getting a tree, bringing it in the house, putting it up, and then, you know, opening up the boxes of all the decorations. And she's like, Well, how do I do this? And I said, You just put the ornaments where you want to. And she's like, Okay. So she's putting the ornaments where she wanted to. And then I went to work the next day. And when I came home, she met me at the door and she goes, I, I moved some of them around. Is that OK? And I said, absolutely. But these beautiful experiences, how grateful she was to be able to have that shared experience of something different in her life at 90 years old, right? Than someone who had, you know, would never be able to have that experience because they wouldn't open up their home or open up their heart. Right.
2: And I, and I think that's how the way I look at our, our girls, uh, Reese brought a daughter. I consider them both, both my, my girls now. And, and, uh, I don't care who they're with as long as I can see that it's healthy for them. They're happy and they're loved, you know? And so there you go.
0: Yeah. Thank you. So, sure.
1: Yeah. So now I got to ask something fun, Joel. What, what is something that is uniquely different? Cause since LeBon was your first ever women of color, right? Period, right? Um, that you that you experience at least with the, the black culture, like something that you might experience that you were like, oh wow, I never knew because it was just a different culture perspective that you wouldn't have known because you weren't really in the black experience. What's
2: yeah, I, I think I think uh Lavon just when you mentioned the, the cortisol thing, I think I meant I learned Right away, how it's just it—it's ongoing. It never stops, you know. In uh, black women and black men suffer a lot of uh, health problems due to the amount of cortisol from stress going into their bodies since the day they could, you know, realize that they were different compared to white people. And to know that, you know, I think you know, that just to see every single minute, waking minute, you know, we'd be, you know, LeVon would point out stuff, whether it be on a a news story or a TV show or, you know, and she was so concentrated on, on everything black. And it took me about a minute to realize why, because, you know, you know how uh, she'd been othered her whole life, uh, you know, and then thinking about, you know, a lot of the black women I've met and a lot of black women have problems with blood pressure, you know, and have to take blood pressure medicine and stuff like that. And, you know, because it's so constant because it never ends. And I, I really, I, again, it's funny, you know, when, even when I, when you go to a, a, a funeral, you're sad for the person, but I, I don't know about you, but every funeral I've gone to, it brings it back to your own mortality too. It brought me back to my own lack of awareness, you know, and brought. Honestly, it, at first, just brought me back to shame, realizing how privileged I've been my whole life, and how much Levan's been dealing with this, having no choice over her, her whole life, and and then of course the uh, the the silver lining uh, on what she did with where you know who she is because I don't even look at I mean I, I you cannot look at a person and not think they're a black person a white person I get that. But I'm more impressed with just how strong of a person LaVon is, how honest she is, how compassionate she is. So, I mean, again, I don't I'm pretty darn sure that I would not have done so well as, as a black male myself. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's I can. Totally relate to that. It was like such an eye-opener for me going into relationship with a black man on what I noticed, like even just little things. So as an Australian, you know, moving to America eight years ago, there's like a lot, there was like somewhat of a culture shock because I'd visited the US a lot. We have a lot of US pop culture in Australia. We always get US news, but living in another country. There were things and nuances where I was like, "Oh, it is different, you know. They are different. They, you know, there's there's different cultural differences between just me and Americans." And so, you know, I would say that my friends are a pretty wide array, diverse uh, group of of people, honestly, uh, across the spectrum. Um, but I'd never spent, you know, great lengths of time with black people. And so when my boyfriend and I started dating seriously, which was kind of similar story to you, like from the moment mm-hmm. we met, it was just, it was, and you met online too. we never left each other's side. And <laughs> it was, it was little things like I would turn on Netflix and all the Netflix was like, you know, you know, black shows and TV shows and movies. And I'll be like, Oh, that's different, you know, because my mine <laughs> is white. You know, mine was white. Now it's, you know, it's it's predominantly Tita. I've t- Tita and I laugh about this. Like Instagram and Facebook think I'm black. <laughs> they advertise to mm-hmm. me. Black makeup, black hair products, or all, all of it. I love it. But me too. It was little things like that that grew my awareness around how much, even though I thought that I was pretty open and aware and, you know, tr- well-traveled and a-, a good diverse amount, of group of friends, how privileged and how honestly small-minded, how much I'd really been living in a very closed-minded in environment. And so you know, similar to what you were saying, LaVon, like I love immersing myself in different countries and different cultures. I've lived in many, many places. So I love the newness of what I learned. Like before we got on here, we were talking about Thanksgiving dinner, right? And we were talking about candied yams and the way they cooked and, you know, um, all, the, all the different things. And like I'm, I'm constantly in awe of Black culture, like even the way that when I, I remember when I first started dating my boyfriend, like the way, you know, we both love music. There's always music on in our house, but the way he would just like feel the music and the way that he's so emotive and he's so connected to me, I, he's so connected to his body. And then I'd look around and I'd be like, oh, that me of Tita or that reminds me of you know my other black friend or you know I'd be like oh and even now I watch tv shows there's a show I love Insecure it's on H-E-B and there's a there's um a best friend best friend duo on there and the way that they talk I haven't told you this before Tita but it reminds me of Tita but it's it's not it's because of the black nuances but it's also because of her past personality and her vibrancy I've heard I've a lot oh, of you
1: didn't times so people, that before people say if you're gonna be a character in a Lisa. show
0: they always Lisa. say her exactly all the time right <laughs> right yes 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 yeah nisa so i mean I, there was like this there's there was that kind of cultural difference and the real like and it for me it was like oh black americans and white americans are really different like I was like, oh, now I get it, you know, yeah. but I ha- like I literally had to immerse myself. In- and the conversation first started with, honestly, Tita and I, she just opened, opened my world. But I think it's, it's an important thing to have in your life and I think more white people need to be more intentional about it, you know, and I don't think enough p- white people are intentional about it and it blows my mind how, siloed people people become so I loved what you shared Joel just in reference to understanding the way that she has to walk through the world because that was huge for me with my boyfriend and particularly with George Floyd because you know I watched I sat there and watched him get murdered and I was like that that could be my boyfriend right now and that was terrifying to me terrifying and even now like you know when he you know, I, I have, I walk through the world differently. Like I'm checking out and scoping out places. Like if we want to travel, I'm like, okay, what's the ratio of black people to white people? If I, because I love to vacate and I love to book like little places away for us to go. And I'm kind of the travel booker. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to go somewhere, what's the ratio of black people to where we're going to go. And I will I research things that I've never had to worry about before. Yeah. It's,
2: at it try, whole, try finding a place world. go go ahead i'm gonna say you know try finding a, a a place to live you know we're gonna eventually move to somewhere a little less populated and and we're looking around and you know we're limited you know because we you can't really i mean i like to live a little more quiet which means a little more rural and there's really nowhere rural to go that's really safe and comfortable
0: totally
2: you know, yeah. So, because as it is right now, with uh, I'm kind of already looking at myself as a you know secret service protective detail <laughs> all the time, uh, you know, and it's been, of course, you know, worse in the last four or five years. Yeah. Um, you know, but right. um, you know, pre pre George Floyd, even. Uh, but yeah, so it, it it's very limiting. Yeah.
0: And I, and and that just makes me again, realize my privilege, right? Like we're in Texas. And so there's certain places in Texas where we have to be really careful where we go and where we drive through and, you know, flags up certain particular flags up in certain areas that we drive past that are very obviously, you know, and, and so I'm walking through the world in a very different way now than I ever did before. And that's only like, Again, I still have the privilege on top of that, and so when I think about walking in, you know, your your shoes, Tita, which I often do, or Tim's shoes, or your shoes, I'm like, I can't even, I can't even imagine what that. Yeah.
2: yeah well, let's that, just, I'm sorry. just two two quick things. That one you said the difference between you know white American, black Americans. I'm trying to read everything uh, James Baldwin ever wrote, and when he went to Europe to live in Paris. Uh, for a few years to write, his writing's even a little different because he wasn't a, a, a black American there; he was just a black man there, and it was and it was a completely different experience. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick is when we went to Hawaii that first time. We it's so our first trip together. Had a great trip. We're we're on the airplane and we're waiting in line to use a restroom on the plane in the air, and the man in front of Levon said, uh, "How long were you guys there?" And uh, uh I think we said a week or whatever, or two, and, weeks. Or two weeks, and he, he said, "No wonder I was only there for a few days." He's talking to Levan, You got much more sun than I did, you know. And again, I, I, I didn't even know what to do with it. i You know, I got back back to the seat, and and it said, "What was I supposed <laughs> to do with that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, it's exactly what you did. Exactly. What did you do? do? What did you do, on
3: What did you I just look at him? And he knew that it wasn't funny.
2: You know the look,
1: t Yeah, I know. I was just curious with you. <laughs> what's your response. That look,
0: with? that look. That
2: one yeah, look, I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That, there's some things that I'm, I'm slow off the mark where somebody will say something and I'm I'm in denial, honestly. I'm like, that, <laughs> what, that couldn't have just happened. Like, did that really just happen? And I'm so slow that then I'll go sit down or I'll walk away and I'll be like, oh my God, that just happened. <laughs> like... <laughs> that, that just really happened. And then I feel guilty because I didn't do anything. I should have said something quicker. I should have responded more. But it's like it, I, I do and I'm still working through it. And again, Tita helps me immensely is like this denial of that's the way people actually behave
2: yeah but it's also not you know our our dei work that we do together we work we work a lot around microaggressions how to recognize them how to respond to them and you can't be too upset about yourself not responding or reacting in a way if you don't even know you know you you've never been taught you're not used to that you know so i mean it's shocking
3: it's right right. education it's Um, I had a client the other day who is a little concerned about going home for Thanksgiving, right? She hasn't been home for Thanksgiving through the pandemic and she's read a lot around diversity and all of this stuff because of the increased awareness for all of us. And she said, "My know my my brothers are gonna wanna talk about the piss, how pissed off they are that they've changed the name from Cleveland Indians. And she was and I can hear them in my head right now saying, well, the Indians weren't mad before when we decided on the name. And it's like, who decided on the name? Was it the Indi- Did the Indians decide that you wanted
2: to- How do you know they weren't?
3: Exactly. Just, and she's like, I don't even know how to have a conversation about that. And I said, you don't. You just don't. Because there's no win. There's no win in a, in a in conversation of ignorance, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we talk about that a lot, right, Tita? Like, pick your battles, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, Tita, you, you've dated people, White men, (laughs) people, (laughs) (laughs) and we've talked about this behind the scenes. I think quite a few times, yeah, like way years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, um,
1: and I mean, LaVon's, I don't know when you when you first dated, but she probably. Well, then if she dated white men before me, then she's the real early adopter. But I feel like that um, when I started dating uh, white guys. I was in my teens, late teens, right? Because that's really kind of who I knew. And so where my comfort was, correct? And um, so, yeah, in my early, um, late teens, early 20s, I've, uh, most of my 20s were actually um, white men. And, um, but my early 20s, late teens, I did experience, um, we had, I mean, we had in Seattle, like there was, there's more Black women who do date white men in Seattle know but at the time when I was, I didn't know any, and I never saw any, you mainly saw black men with white women, but you didn't see uh. black women with white men. And so, but we got looks all the time. Anytime we went anywhere. I mean, it was just constant all the time. We got looks. Um, we even, had black men like if we walked by a group of black men one time down at the Westlake, what's it called? I don't know if it's called Westlake Mall, I can't remember, but you know, downtown we were there and a group of black guys walked by us and they literally were like, Oh my god, sister, why are you with that white man? and da 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 da, da right? And kind of like Joel, like he didn't, he was like, he was just like, Wait a minute, like he didn't know what to do, right? Because there was a group of black guys and he's like, First of all, I'm not going to be, you know what I mean? He's like, I'm not going to get into altercation with him, Right. And, and I'm, and you know, and so forth. So, but he was really upset and he was really mad. And I was like, let's just ignore it. Let's just come on, come on. Right. And they just kept going. And I think, and I was young. So I think I finally had turned around and, and said, oh, but every single one of you guys are with a white girl.
3: Mm. She I mean, she's got a mouth on it. I don't know if you've noticed that. I, mean, I believe
2: I know. No. <laughs>
1: I mean, and I don't know if they, but because I don't know if they did, but but it was always this um, contradictory, right? Because like if if they would give me looks, but I know that more than half of them were don't even talk to us. They didn't right. talk to black women, right? But then they didn't like it when we were with a white man, but they wouldn't talk to me otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that was my more experience of when I was dating um, white uh, white men, and then it was mainly more older white people that would give us the stare down, like in a restaurant, literally like you could just, I mean, the stare down. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, yeah, just the stare down and a um, couple times, you know, uh, we were driving one time and someone yelled at their window to him, like, where are you with that, you know, nigger and blah, 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 things like that. So we, I experienced a lot of um, backlash back in twenty-something years ago. Was um, that was challenging, but yeah. And then it's interesting because you know, talking and, and lavon you know, doing, being a therapist, you could probably add some light. So then, what's also interesting is, as you know, for me, Tiffany, like what type of black man do I usually say I like to hang out with? And because there is Very a lot attractive of attractive ones. Well, (laughs) yes, but, but when I do notice the black men that I do do really well with are ones that are not a black American, but I realize what, why, Mm -hmm. when there's so much trauma that you both experience coming together, this just, this, this dynamic of just, there's, there's love, but there's just, just trauma. And so I realized that when I'm dating non-black Americans, I tend to be able to be who I am. And I'm able to just, um, there's not a lot of like trauma. There's not a lot of anger. There's not a lot of, um,
2: well, depression
1: and stuff like that. So,
2: you, you know, what? what I, I should point out one I that there's often, I know
3: you're getting, it's getting dark. Often, oftentimes,
2: oftentimes we're together and you get people kind of giving you little smiles too. There are not, there are people that are actually glad to see yeah. multiracial couples too but i think when we first met and and got and i started getting to know each other this goes back to your first question one thing i found really really shocking i'd never heard about the brown paper bag uh, thing you know that mm-hmm. that there was that you know racism within the, the black community you know and then and, and it really really continues to bother me you know all this internal othering, if you will, and, you know, and then in my studies for this white work, I was reading about, uh, you know, Jews uh, coming to America in the 19th century, how, you know, when when the Irish came to America, they were just hated, but because it was uh, uh, beneficial to white supremacy, there was, they created a path to whiteness for them, so they can still be in a higher rung of the ladder than the people of color, right, and, and, and the Eastern European Jews, there's, you know, there's, Askenazi Jews from Eastern European and there's Sephardic Jews from Spain and South that are Jews of color. And when the Jews got to, to, to Brooklyn, New York, um, you know, there was prejudice from the Askenazi Jews, the Eastern European Jews, m- my ancestors tor- towards uh, the, the colored, the, the Jews of color because uh, they wanted to have, they wanted to be considered white, the Jews. There was a path for them. Assimilation. Assimilation, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, so that was one of the first things when I heard about that brown paper bag thing, it's like, my goodness. And then this, you, you have a hard enough uh, battle as it is. And now we're othering amongst ourselves and yeah, kind of mind blowing.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for unity everywhere. Cause I have even heard no conversations around like, well, you know, you were talking earlier Titar about, um, black men dating white women and again i was living in la and there's this um strip down just around the corner from where i lived and there was this bar i'm not going to say it out loud because people might know it but there was this bar and unbeknownst to me sundays you know i would go there some sundays and i'd go there because again i'm slow i'd go there a few times (laughs) and then i'm like wait a minute What's going on here? Why are there so many black men and so many white women in here? Like this is this a thing? And it was, I've got to say, I'm 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 being super judgmental here, but it was a it was a certain type of white woman Mm -hmm. that was there. And I'm like, wait, this is like the third Sunday I've been here now. (laughs) I was like, what is this? Like, I was really trying to wrap my head around it. And I was like, oh, and then, so at the time I had a black, Um, my boss was a a black man and again he just the way he walked through the world and we traveled together back and forth to New York and I learned a lot through um, spending time with him and I asked him about it and he didn't go into detail but he was like yeah it's a thing where you know and then he explained to me that and this was like his iteration of it like you know black men will do that they want to be with a white women because then it incre- they feel like it increases their st- status in the world and I'm like that is ridiculous to me naively I'm like that's ridiculous like ha- why again still you know figuring life out um but yeah I, I just find it really interesting that the, again there's this this thing where you know black men can date white women black women can't date white men or, Or there's even a like, like you know, black men don't want to date black women because they're too hard, or they don't want to get their hair wet, or like I've heard it all. You know, I'm like, this is this is not how they're angry. And like, what women doesn't get angry? Come on now, I've seen them all. Right to be angry, you know. I've seen you angry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I feel like that's a whole it's a whole, whole nother thing. And it is something that I discuss with my boyfriend around like how to bring black people together to support one another and the way forward in that. And again, I've got no right to have that conversation, but I just think it's a really interesting one around that. So. um,
1: And then there's those white women that just seek black men. Well, I know that's what I was saying in the bar. Okay. I mean, it was, okay, okay. it was mutual, but I was like, these white women are
0: like vultures. They're like, and yeah.
1: And they don't, and then date. And if you're a black woman and you walk by, that's the thing that really irked me in Seattle is like, if a white woman was with a, a black man and you as a black woman, you walk by, why are you giving me a dirty look? I don't want your man.
0: <laughs> oh, Especially she, since you he's been with you. Oh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
3: um, yeah, Lebron knows what
2: I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, one of the things that when we're having this whole conversation, it's, it's hard not to think about, which is kind of the foundation of all the, the uh, coaching work we do and, and, and the therapy work is a lot of the therapy work as well is that, it, you know, we're talking about individuals and where they are in their emotional intelligence, their self-awareness, their awareness of others, where they are in their adult development, you know, can they only see and. Not to be, use it as a pun, but can they only see black and white? Can they see gray? Can they see shades of gray? You know, can they can they see? Can they think like in a systems thinking way and realize what the impact has that, that when they say something, what does it have not just on that person, but on all the other people that person is you know attached to, and one way you know, and so forth, and you know. So when we have these discussions, I think they they uh, yes, there's some you know social conditioning and and othering that's taught and then there's the and that combines with just the lack of awareness and education and development of all of us as as people and you know so you know you you can't always you I, i guess what i'm trying to say is you have to look deeper than when you're talking about black white stuff you have to look at the individuals you're talking about and see where they are on, on that other level too, on that developmental level, on that emotional intelligence level. Yeah. yeah.
3: But I
1: would say it's a region thing, more so Pacific Northwest versus some other regions because the, the, there is that system of mentality because I can go to other states, you know, and see Black women. I mean, Black men love Black women, like with Black women. So I do, I can tell from just traveling to other places, regions of the United States, that the Pacific Northwest does have a different mentality. And maybe, like Joel's saying, there's some other emotional mentality that hasn't been dressed. There's some, I don't really know. I can't, I'm, I can't identify it, but I do know the vast, more general experience of how Black men are with Black women and, you know, versus other regions of the, of the um, nation. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. And maybe it's because the numbers are low and just yeah.
3: and getting low and lo- getting lower. Right? Even through the growth of tech here in the Northwest, even though there's been lots of diversity, a lot more brought in, you know, having all of the tech companies here, it still tends to separate people to their neighborhoods, right?
2: hmm Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So you stay with your own or like like people.
2: Mm-hmm. And then the and the black population of seattle in, in, in the 15 years i've been here it's just been shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and because of the tech you know other other uh, cultures have come in the east indian cultures and such uh you know uh, that, that have come in uh, been brought in by the, the thousands of tech companies here from microsoft on down but i've, I've really noticed you know even they, there's an area here that, you know, you know about Teachdown Seattle called the Central District, that used to be a very, you know, yeah. African American district area and so forth, that they were forced out to, basically um, through gentrification. But I've even, the, the ones that are left in the last 10 years, I've seen them forced out as well. I mean, it's just, uh, it's become. Sad. Uh, you know a very it's a it's funny we're known around the country as being very very progressive oh my god but it's very it's not quite so progressive and if you step one foot into the wrong neighborhood uh or just out of seattle it's it's not progressive at all mm-hmm. you know we're perfectly com- comfortable here but as soon as we you know drive out of town not so much
0: yeah 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 Totally. So what what advice, I mean, I, this is probably general across the board, I'm imagining, but what advice, well, LaVon, you have direct experience of this, but what advice would you or do you give to interracial couples, I have to slowly speak that out, <laughs> um, around, and I feel like this is just, again, relationship advice, back to what you were saying, Joel, before, but the nuances around, like, really, um, I think that again, I'm I'm speaking to the white people um, listening, but things to be aware of um, if you see just in a relationship with someone that's not the same um, color as you. Don't so.
1: say you got more sun in Hawaii oh, yeah. with your with your white. <laughs> with her white, white partner there. <laughs>
2: I'll, 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 I'll let, I'll let Levan run with that. Uh, but from a white, white perspective, um, I, I'd i say the way I approach it is uh, always come from a place of curiosity. Always seek to understand and not seek to be understood. If you're really trying to learn and you really have your mind open and you're curious, you know, I'm curious about everything that's different. And I think that, that that's probably the number one thing for me as a white person. What do you think?
3: I, I was going to say something very, very similar. And also, you know, your, your relationship is the, the protected unit, right? So you have to decide how you want your relationship to be. And there has to be an agreement with each other and pushing your partner to be in places that are not comfortable or safe is not, is not going to make a healthy relationship, right? Or even, you know, if, if you have an awareness, if like you didn't know your father was a racist until you brought your black wife home. And then you get, you get married and she says, I'm never going to let our kids stay with your father. And he's like, Oh, but he's a really great guy. Is he, if he says these horrible things about me and he says, which, you know, the grandkids aren't here yet, but if he's saying horrible things about me, I am the mother of these children. You can't divide our children. Mm-hmm. Right. So there may be relationships within your family unit, within your Friendship unit that you may have to have to put on pause or completely move away from because it's not safe for your partner,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, relationships are all about communication, and I think when you're in an interracial relationship, uh, I, I think it's even more amplified than the need for communication up front. You know, Levon and I uh, are have different religious backgrounds. We talked about that up front. We didn't wait till, for it to come up. You know, and, and that's the and I think that's the thing and that's about being very, I, I alluded to develop developmental thinking you know that's part of being able to, to to look ahead to see the big picture and say hmm we're gonna have kids someday how's that gonna work out you know
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. everything's on the table for discussion and the ability to have honest discussions um and there's renegotiation right always there's an opportunity for renegotiation along the way that things have changed and so let's
2: renegotiate
1: yeah that's a great relationship that's true yeah
2: we, we we never have arguments that have anything to do with race we don't have a lot of arguments i'd say maybe you know Five percent of the time we argue over something, which is not a lot. But when we do argue over something, it has probably to do with uh, my shortcomings in some way or another, or, or Levon, or Levon, you know, getting on each other's nerves about something or whatever. But it's just relationship stuff, right? And we we uh, we talk about it, and that's the other thing that's really important, even when you have a, a relation, if you're having conversations as an interracial couple for the first time and things get a little bit heated, you talk about it. Or what I remember early in our relationship, Lavon was kind of mad at me and she said, I want to talk about it, but I can't right now. And we're going to work, let's say four o'clock today, we get together and we talk about it, we talk about it. And from that moment on, after we talk about it, it's done, right? And if, if we both feel that we said what we needed to say, and we were both heard, we don't, it's not an open wound anymore. There's not a wound that we don't allow for open wounds. We say, let's talk about it. let's you know, let's let's get to where we need to, you know uh, say everything we need to say, and then let's move on. And we could be uh, when we do have a a, a disagreement, you know we will talk about it five minutes later, we're laughing and joking and stuff because we, we don't see any value in in holding on to that stuff.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: But you would definitely, oh, sorry, but you definitely agree with the interracial relationship. There is more layers. I mean, it's just legal. What the last 50, how many years has it been legal? 53 years, it was only three years. Yeah. So you do definitely recognize that there's a different layer. So it is, so it is more challenging just because of society, just because of society as a whole, not because of you two as individuals who you are, but because of more of the external factors that, unfortunately do infiltrate into our lives absolutely
0: yeah and yeah and there's a layer of like for me there's definitely things that have come up in my relationship where I was oblivious to and then I had to sit sit back and go oh shit like I totally didn't see that you know and and go and adjust and say hey I didn't I didn't recognize that I didn't realize that that's why you're probably feeling that way like different triggers right yeah yeah It really does come back to race and his experience of that and the way that I've shown up because I've never had that experience before, you know, so there are definitely different layers to and I think even more so now because it just feels to me like it's more at the forefront, you know. Um, there's more conversation about it. There's more awareness around it. Like even teacher has talked about, you know, us doing this show, there's been immense healing for her around the conversations and the evolution. Um, not, what do you call it? Not being, um, not
1: being complicit, not or
0: being complicit being- any anymore, yeah. um, where she, she may have been before just because, you know, social conditioning.
3: Right. You know?
0: And so, um, Being intentional around it, I think, is is really, again, speaking from a white person, a white lens. Like, I love what you said, Joel. Like, the curiosity around it um, is really important. Like, I'm very deliberate in the media I consume and the shows that I watch because I'm constantly learning not only about America, but Black culture. Mm-hmm. um because there's so many nuances and understanding to that that i'm just i immerse myself in it because i love my boyfriend and i want to understand his world as much as i possibly can so i can be a better partner and a better ally for him
3: mm-hmm. So
2: yeah yeah and, and, cool. you, and you're going to make mistakes i'm going to oh. make mistakes. we all make mistakes that's but you know too. what <laughs> we, we know what we know we don't know what we don't know <laughs> but the, but it it, it a lot of it comes back to the one of our favorite subjects: intent and impact. You know, you're, you you got to look at your intent. You didn't intend to do anything that would be harmful, but uh, we don't have any uh, control over the impact, how things land. We just encode them, and they decode them. And uh, you know, so when you when you realize about your intent, you can you can talk about it. But then, be kind to yourself too, because you get no value in beating yourself up about it. The, because the the key is going is to learn from it.
0: Yeah, I love what you just said encode and then decode. Decode. Yeah, I love that. That Um, Any other, any other, I feel like again, it's been an hour, we could keep talking, but (laughs) any any parting words or wisdom? There's been so much in this that you both want to share. Why
2: don't you go first?
3: (laughs) I, I think I've been listening to you, Tiffany, talk about your relationship, and I just love what you're saying about. The investment that you're making into the partnership right it's you have to you each of you have to learn about each other and i think that's what's really important and we have this fantasy that you know is hollywood and television and all of this that says or, you know look you just meet and you fall in love and it's all great oh my gosh that's not the reality or else i wouldn't be in a great thriving counseling business with couples <laughs> <right? It's- laughs> I mean, we don't, you know, you don't get in a relationship because you wanna break up. You wanna get in a relationship because you want it to work and understand that everybody comes to relationship from different places, right? And you have to learn, you have to learn the dance with that partner. And so giving each other grace and being open to the hearing and the listening is so powerful. And, you know, if you're calling a counselor which I had a few weeks ago, three months into your dating relationship, maybe that's not the relationship you wanna be in. Because there's not a lot I can do three months into a dating relationship if you're not able to have a conversation, uh, right?
2: And, and we, we, we bring a lot of stuff to our relationships. And I guess my last thought would be is, you know, there's a lot of things we can do ourselves uh, and, and need to do ourselves because we, we bring a lot of assumptions and opinions and stories to everything we do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, we, and, and a lot of it's subconscious you know, stuff that, that we've been conditioned to think about and so forth. So, you know, if you, if you again, if you come through a, a, a place of wanting to learn, of curiosity and, and say, you know, and when you think about something, if you, you know, this is one of the, the, for me, one of the secrets of life is I'm about to say something or I'm thinking about something, where does that come from? Can I pause for a second and say, is that an assumption? Is that my opinion? Or you know maybe there's some some other way of looking at it. Maybe I can just shut up for a minute and learn and and be curious and so forth. So regardless of what kind of uh, relationship they're in, whether it's just a friend relationship, a, a loving relationship, whatever, I think that that's a super important thing to to start thinking about what you're thinking about. Isn't it? Is it? Is, exactly. it, is it subjective? Is it about your stories and stuff, yep. or can you get kind of step outside of that and say maybe there's other ways to there's no winning in
3: a relationship unless the
0: relationship wins absolutely oh on those parting words that's great I love that <laughs> um so how can they how can our listeners our viewers uh get connected with you both
3: well you can add our both of our, our professional email and, and our websites onto your uh sites so notes. they can get through us get to us that way
0: yeah okay do you want to just say oh, it out loud for those people <laughs> that are going to listen and probably might be driving in the car or something. So what are your websites?
3: Um, LeVon at LeVon Dorsey coach.com. Great. And Joel.
2: Uh, Joel at joelcamp.com. Awesome.
0: Yes. We'll definitely put that in our show notes so you can connect with them both and go back and search our um our YouTube or our podcast, because they've both been on individually as well and have so much yeah. wisdom and share. Thank you both so much.
2: For yeah, coming thank, you. thank you for doing this work. Yeah,
3: thank you for doing this work and bringing us on. We, we don't often like to talk about our personal lives, but we're happy we could help in this case.
0: Well, I'm glad you did. I love yes. your story of how you met. I love it all. So good. Peter, yeah. anything you want to share? Oh, how can they find us? <laughs>
1: Well, they They're can just, like... Google <laughs> just Google Tita. Google Tita. My name SEOs very well and everything else comes up under it. So you'll find us.
0: Black girl. But yeah,
1: or... black, yeah, black girl, white girl.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Any parting words from you, Tita?
1: No, this was a beautiful conversation and I accept I'm in an interracial relationship with myself. And that's, <laughs> that's perfect. And that's the beauty of who I am. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Both. Oh, I, I'm glad to have them on here. I actually, they're, they're my brother, brother and sister to me. Or I should say sister and brother because I knew LeVon first and then the brother came. So <laughs> I, love, I love them. They're both so wise. So thank you for being on here. You guys always bring such great perspectives and I'm so happy that I have you in my life. So mm-hmm. I just had to do a little personal shout out to you
3: too. Thank you. Thank you. We miss you. See you.
1: Yeah, see you soon.
3: Yeah. Soon, soon.